0: This is Leave Your Mark. I'm Vince Cortez, and today's guest is Ted McGrath. Ted is a brilliant sales and marketing mind who, after a drugs and alcohol overdose, realized that his career in business did not satisfy him. He changed his life's direction to become an incredibly successful figure in a unique niche on the Internet. Ted, thanks for being my guest here today. Thanks, man. It's great to be here. Hi there,
1: and welcome. Now it's time for America's America's favorite podcast. podcast. Leave Your Mark with your host, Vince Cortez. If it's fine, loose fit it, it's Cortez. Cortez. If freezing chop in it, it's Cortez. Leave Your Mark is about inspiring the world, one guest at a time. time. Pass the word from Brooklyn to Pittsburgh, from urban to suburb, it's Cortez, you heard? And here is our host, Vince Cortez.
0: You have captured the essence of the internet and being a coach online you have quite a diverse amount of offering on there as a coach and you've evolved quite a bit so what i want to do is share a little bit about you that the audience probably doesn't know about uh where you're born and raised and what life was like before you came ted mcgrath the uh internet guru now gone actor so yep. we'll, we'll fill them in on the rest of that so you're born and raised in short hills new jersey uh, your mom and dad, Beverly and Father Ed, uh, he was an entrepreneur and yeah. your mom was an executive assistant. You had an older brother, Tucker, where it sounded like he had a classic middle America upbringing, enjoying sports uh, with the family and friends and going to the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. Uh, through high school, Milburn Millers, uh, you're playing baseball and tennis. And it sounds like you had an inkling for the theater a little bit at that point. Uh And then now you go on to Rollins College and play tennis down there, a division two school team that's ranked number one in the country. And you're an econ business major. Mm -hmm. Life happens pretty fast. You're an East Coast guy all the way. Yeah, that's right. And so bring me up into the experience of where you had the drugs and alcohol after college and how life began to progress for you.
2: Where I ran into drugs and alcohol, you mean, where it like started? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, I was in college and, you know, just like most of the people I grew around in social groups, it was just like you party, you know? So, and, and as an athlete, most athletes party. Um, so we would uh, play athletics and then on the weekends we would party and drink. And so, um, you know, as my, my college career started to come to an end, you um, You know, a lot of times I would miss like the the fraternity formals and things like that because we were always playing nationals and tennis. So I'd miss some of the fun stuff. And so my senior year, I was like, you know, I want to go do some of this stuff. And, you know, I got into start doing some ecstasy and some cocaine and things like that. And uh, and that kind of carried through to the end of college um, where, um, you know, I I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to go into business with my dad. My dad ended up shutting down his business. And so I was like, okay, well, what do I want to do? And I went to go interview with a company called New York Life. Um, but in, in college, I was also a writer. Like I loved writing. And so when I walked off the elevator to go to the interview, I thought it was a magazine, like Life Magazine, New York Life. Sometimes I put the computation together. Like, oh, New York Life must be a magazine. So I walked in and, and said, hey, I'm here for the interview for the, the writing job. And the lady's like, this is an insurance company, honey. She's like, this is New York life insurance. I'm like, oh, she's like, do you still want the interview? I'm like, yeah, I got nothing better to do. So I'll take the interview. So I literally went in for the interview and then you know, the guy who interviewed me became my best friend. Um, like within a few hours we were, we were very, very close and he challenged me to go break six figures my first year in that business. And uh, I was kind of young enough and dumb enough uh, and green enough to believe him. I'm like, yeah, I can go make six figures and 12 months later, I had uh, cracked six figures, and that night I was on the kitchen floor, four in the morning, bag of you know bag of cocaine, two pills of ecstasy, fifteen vodka sodas, and uh, and then literally like my soul coming out of my body, and uh, you know the next morning I woke up, I was revived, and I was like, well, money didn't do it, I should try something else. So that's kind of the initial start of it.
0: Now I that's pretty heavy duty stuff you got going on there, so. How long does this condition last before you realize you need to make a change?
2: Um, you know, I, I OD'd, so I was like, uh, "Well, um, what, what was interesting about it is I, I got promoted um, to uh, uh, like a partner, become a partner with the company at a young age. I think I was 23, and um, and so when I got promoted, um, I you know nobody knew about my overdose, um, but when I got promoted. Um, I I was, like, too afraid to lose my job, so I was like, I'm not going to do drugs anymore. Also, I was afraid to die after I almost died, you know, pretty much, like, left and came back, right? So I was like, well, I I don't want to die, and I don't want to lose my job, so I'll stop doing drugs, and I continued to drink um, and just, you know, go out, and I was making a whole bunch of money, so I'd always go drive, drive down to Miami Beach, and, you know, I had money to do whatever I wanted, so I lived kind of a really fun, wild life. And it was just, it was just one of these things where like I was a partner at 23 and I was managing people and hiring people and leading a company with my other business partner. You know, we had like 65 people in the company and it was one of these things where I just always felt like I would go away on the weekends and then come back and put the mask on and be a different person. Mm. And after a while, I was like, you know, we, we take all these courses on entrepreneurship and I was, I was studying with some different coaches on entrepreneurship and I love the idea of entrepreneurship And even though we were like straight commission working in this company, we weren't really entrepreneurs. And so I I looked at my partner who had been with the company for 20 years. I'm like, why don't we just leave? Like, like we, we, we talk about entrepreneurship. We run this office like entrepreneurship. We don't follow any of the systems that they adhere to in this company. So why don't we just go leave and go do our own thing? And I was always complaining, like, let's go leave, let's go leave. And then finally one day when I was 28, you know, I became one, I actually became the number five partner in the company out of 500 partners. And I just had that burning question, like, is this all there is? You know, you get a taste of success, but it doesn't really feel like true success. So you're like, is this really all there is? And I left and I was like, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. And I, and I, I, I left New York. Was that about what?
0: 25?
2: It was 20, 28, 27, 28. Okay. So 28. still
0: in your twenties. Yeah. Life's kind of crazy. Cause you're in your first go round on your own in your twenties and the lack of experience has a unique way of showing its ugly head and uh you, the the idea it sounds like life was kind of rolling over for you making that much money to have that at that young of an age to have that much freedom as well so it, it, that that can be difficult to manage and, and it's easy to get caught up like you said uh athletes like the party and uh you know, it would have been in the arena which you were hanging out in so it, it would have been easy to fall into that trap sure connect with
1: us on LinkedIn, be our friend on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You are listening to, listening to Vince Cortez. We just want
0: you to leave your mark. So now you're 28 and you guys decide to leave. So what's the next move from there?
2: I, I didn't know, you know, like, so it's like, we weren't prepared kind of started some other businesses and some ideas. And we, we went out and we started like a, an outsourcing company in India. Um, we launched, and then we launched like some other like network where we would promote other speakers. And after a little while, I remember being on the phone, like we were, I was interviewing this speaker who had written a book and I was asking him some questions and his answer to the, to the question was like whatever he gave. And I was like, I could give a better answer than that. I was like, I'm going to go do my own thing. And so I was like, I, I, I should be the one talking. And so, I literally went and just like launched something to my network, like, Hey, I'm going to be the speaker next week. And I showed up and I don't know, there were like 65 people there and I delivered a talk and I was like, I, I can do this thing. Cause I was always, I was always a speaker. I was always a communicator. Even in New York life, I led seminars. So I was like, I should go do this. And that's when kind of the birth of my brand um, in terms of building my business. But when I went out to go grow these other companies, like we were pouring all the money back into the businesses to float them. And I wasn't bringing in an income. So like my house went into foreclosure my cars got towed out of the driveway, like just let everything go. And it's like, I fully committed to building this business Just burn the boat and go.
0: Let me ask you a question. Cause you've had two where you said you've experienced almost, uh, leaving your body and coming back. So a near death experience and then going where in the physical world, all you're stripped of all of your security and belongings. So, I mean, you've hit the bottom of the, of the barrel a couple of times. So, um, your resilience to come back is a testament to you. But, you know, somebody like in that position, what, what is going through your mind in the way of what you need to do next?
2: I think when you when you lose your security on stuff, I don't know, like security is is what you make of it, right? It's like your abilities. And so if you can, if you can have trust in your abilities and move forward to create something right, you can have not security, but you can have freedom. Um, You know, it's just like, so many too many people are clinging to security and safety as part of their life and Mm -hmm. what does that do it just makes them more nervous like you know if you're down in the security band you're just kind of like okay holding on to everything for dear life and life is scarce and eventually you go into debt and you lose that you become a slave to the economic system so what's 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 a better choice a better choice is to go out and make it happen yourself and go create 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 and out create this world of security so my mentality has always been just go for it, man. Yeah.
0: How much of your father's entrepreneurial influence has on you when you look at your mindset?
2: You know, I, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. Neither of them graduated high school. I think my dad graduated high school. My grandfather didn't. He didn't make it past the sixth grade. He was the most successful. And um, and he, you know, I used to watch him. You know, he would tell stories, sit around and tell stories. I was always engaged in his stories. I'm a storyteller as well but I would watch him like do things and how he would handle things. And I watched my dad do stuff. And, um, I remember when my dad lost, like, you know, I think initially shut down his business or had to move to Florida cause he shut down his business. Um, I remember sitting with him and he was drawing things on a pad like, okay, I need to make this much this month and this is my overhead. And so I was watching him do the numbers. like, thought oh, this makes so much sense. And I could do the numbers really fast. Still in my head, I can do numbers really fast. So it wasn't about the numbers, but it was just about like seeing somebody do it and watching what they go through and seeing that they made deals and seeing how that they knew how to talk to people. And I was like, Oh, I, I guess I can do this too. You know, but when I, when I first started in New York life, I didn't really know that I was an entrepreneur. I think I'm more, I think I'm more a performer and a a speaker first and an entrepreneur second. Um, because that's what interested me more. It interests me more to communicate a message. It interests, it interests me more to speak to people, to entertain people um, than it does to build a business, you know?
0: Now, when you're saying that there, that leads me to believe that you kind of just naturally rolled over. It doesn't sound like it was actually a, a conscious decision. It was something that sounds like it was very natural for you to just progress to what was next.
2: To some degree, like it was just, I'm just the type ever since, uh, I I don't, I'm just a type who likes to go try things, you know? And so I think I, I don't consider myself an entrepreneur or a salesman or a performer or an actor or a speaker. I consider myself just a spiritual being who can do anything. And so I think when you have that attitude, you want to get into a lot of different things and you go, I tend to like this thing more than that thing. But the reality is if you want to speak, or you wanna perform, you still need to run a business and you need to bring in money so the two go hand in hand, you know? So I needed to learn the other thing, like I'm marketing, I'm really good at marketing and I learned it because I wanted to get my message out, not because I wanted to be a good marketer, you know?
0: So then when did the Ted McGrath brand was born?
2: It was born like right around probably like
0: 2011-ish maybe. Now you're heading right there because I reference this a lot because with Facebook coming in, and the transition, like from 20 2007 to 2013, the internet began to change quite a bit. So in 2011, you're sitting poised with a coaching program and the internet's starting to bud. So kind of run me through what happened there as the internet really began to take on a different route. People saw it to monetize on trusted it to put their credit cards on. And then a person a personality like yours shows up. Share with me that.
2: Yeah, so it's like I was a speaker first, so I I, I would was leading seminars, and then I realized, you know, I, was, I built a seven-figure business just speaking, and I realized, well, this is cool, but I don't want to have to be on a plane every weekend, um, and I don't want to have to, like, lead seminar after seminar because I have to. I want to lead it because I like to do it. So I said I should go learn marketing because I can help a lot more people and reach a lot more people, but I was, I, so I went to some marketing conferences, and I was, like, the dumbest guy in the room. I was like, I don't understand anything these people are talking about, you know? But I sat there and I learned and I learned and I learned and I just had enough drive of like the, re- the way to really reach people is through online and I better learn this. Mm-hmm. So um, I started to learn it and, um, and then I, I was like, I started to do some things where, you know, somebody would promote me on something like this and I would promote them. And I started to promote myself, but I was like, even that's limited. Like you have, you promote me, I promote you. How do I run advertising? That could kind of be unlimited if I could do that. And so I want, I really had a high drive to figure it out and I did. And, um, but it was like a learning curve because you know, it was like, how do you make money selling products online? I started to do that. I was like, well, this doesn't really work unless you have a sales team. So I got to build a sales team and get my sales team selling higher end products like 10,000 and 20,000 and $50,000 products. So I did and, um, and, and I built it and I was like, okay, this, this is working.
0: This is rather impressive because what you do is just like each component that needs to be handled moving forward you have an exuding confidence that comes out. You can feel it while I'm talking to you. You you, you don't doubt yourself at all, uh, no matter what the task is in front of you. And I think that's probably weighed in a large part into your success. If you are
1: listening from Australia, Florida, or just from around the corner, from the East Coast to West Coast outlets, if you're not right. it, to the dirty South Strait, make a left and bottom, contact us,
0: leave your mark with your host, Vince Cortez. So it looks like you've gone and your Ted McGrath brand is now uh, expanded. You you have a much larger audience, but it sounds like you're also into a few other things now here, moving us up closer to 2020 and 2022. So fill me in on
2: what's going on with that. Well, you know, it's interesting. COVID hit, you know, and initially our stats went up and then the internet got really crowded. So stats went down for a little bit and now they're back up and so it's like okay well the world's opening up again so we're like doing our first seminar you know and like we've been doing seminars like i'm doing a seminar right now like today um, we have a seminar going on four-day seminar it's all virtual but we're doing our first in-person seminar in the summer called speak to millions that we, we haven't done one in 30 months wow. so um that's going to be fun we'll have hundreds of people coming from around the world teaching them how to speak from the stage present from the stage story tell get booked on stages podcasts webinars so we're we're teaching them all the stuff they need to know, teaching them marketing. So that's gonna be great. Um, I still have my brand message to millions, which was more teaching the marketing and getting your message out online. So we have that. Um, and, you know, we're continuously growing our sales team and growing our marketing with that. And then I just got back from Scotland where I did a one man play uh, on my life story. Um, and so that, I wrote that play like seven years ago. Um, and that's just been a, like a passion and love project of, uh, you know, just went there and, I I get up for 65 minutes and talk about not feeling good enough in my life. You know, it's called good enough and talk about like going the journey of not feeling good enough and overdosing from drugs and alcohol and then finding my purpose and my dream. And so I like telling that story because it's very vulnerable and it tells a lot of things that happened in my childhood that you're not hearing here. And it tells a lot of things that happened with the drugs and I get really raw about my life. And then at the end, I show how I changed. And um, and so it sends a really powerful message and that supports some of my causes like drug free world. And so we, we disseminate drug free world on the back end of that. And I'm passionate about like spreading that message. So a lot of cool, fun things. That, and we're also turning it into a feature film now as well. So.
0: OK, so like your play, we would have to be there live to see it or is it. Yeah.
2: December 8th in, in Florida. Yeah, we're doing it. We're going to record it and then release it online, too. And we, we, we filmed it before online. But the, but the it's gotten so like from a, from two years ago to now it's gotten so much better so I want to get a new product out there before we release it online because I just did fourteen shows and it was like I had people from Australia from Scotland from London from France twenty years old seven years old and we had some nights where it's just like people were just. Kept clapping. They didn't want to leave, and we just stayed there a bit because it, it, really, it really impacted people. So it's 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 really it grown a lot.
0: I think the storytelling skill might have came from grandfather.
2: Oh my god! Absolutely, hundred percent.
0: You're completely comfortable in your skin, and it, it's infectious. It's like I'm really excited to, to have you on here. Thanks, man. And, I mean, what does acting have to do with marketing? You know what I'm saying? In, in somebody like yourself, you made the transition like it was it was what your calling is. It's like you just naturally flow into being Ted McGrath. And this is what you are right now. And this is what you evolved into next. So it, it, your level of confidence is is exuding. It's really, really impressive.
2: Well, thanks, man. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, life is is a series of, you know, going after things that you want. And sometimes, you know, you go after it and you miss the mark. And, you know, sometimes I lose confidence or lose certainty, but I, I never lose belief and faith that I can do it. And and that's from years and years of like throwing myself into something and you know not succeeding at first or throwing myself into something and learning and so in in the beginning of my career i never had any faith and i never had any belief and i was always constantly worried about losing and over time i've learned that i can i can figure it out and i can eventually make it and do it and so that's just part of the journey it's part of you know part of life experience and also part of just knowing that you, you have a bil- an ability to do something you know you
0: got that unique quality that fears your friend you know how to manage it <laughs> i have to ask you how would you like to leave your mark
2: i think multiple ways you know i think number one um i like to encourage people um to believe in their dream i think there's not enough dreamers out there i think uh um, there's too many people sometimes that say no you can't do it or it can't be done and I think it's important for people to support people in their visions and their dreams. So I like to send the message of, hey, your vision and your dream's important, your message and your is important. Second thing is I'm also passionate about just, you know, uh, informing the world about the, the truth about drugs. Um, so we get the message out there because we have a huge problem. Um, and, you know, just informing people the, of the truth so they can make a decision for themselves of what they wanna do. But there's a lot of lies out there and things that aren't true. And so I wanna get the truth out there. So I'm passionate about that. And, and you know, the, the third thing is, uh, you know, to continue to inspire people, um, to get out there and, and speak to people and communicate to people, you know, everybody's got a story, everybody's got a message. And I think it's important that people get out and tell their story and get their message and give hope because it's people like you and me that are going to give hope to other people. It's not some big corporation. It's not some you know, um, some other, some other, uh, element that's going to do it is people talking to people. And so I just want to encourage other people to do that. Fantastic.
0: Nothing, nothing more impressive than a man on a mission
2: <laughs> Thanks, and a buddy. message
0: to millions is a big mission. So I, I really want to thank you for coming by today. You're in the middle of work load over there. You said you had your yeah. seminars going on today. That's right. I appreciate you taking your time and, and giving us uh, some thoughts that this resonate a little deeper with us and uh,
2: keep up the good work. My pleasure, buddy. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening
0: to Leave Your Mark today. Tune into our next episode of Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez. Be blessed. You just left your mark. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Listen
1: to more episodes on demand. Just click Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez.